Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30, Monday, September 12th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... Jackson restaurants try to get a boost from elected officials as the city endures its seventh straight week under a boil water notice. Plus, a new COVID booster serves as a reminder the coronavirus hasn't gone away. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Jackson remains under a boil water notice. The capital city is enduring its seventh consecutive week under the advisory. While the water system has been challenged for decades, recent flooding impacting the OB Curtis water treatment facility has elevated the crisis to national attention. That attention was accompanied by federal approval of an emergency declaration and the arrival of federal resources during the peak of the crisis when some residents went days without water pressure. Officials say pressure at the plant has stabilized, maintaining at or above 87 PCI, the level required to begin sample testing. Other improvements were made at the facility over the weekend. Governor Tate Reeves says the first two permanent pumps have been repaired and are being installed. But the spotlight on Jackson over the last two weeks has presented troubles for the city's restaurant owners and staff. Cost of operations have increased while stigmas about safety have caused customer traffic to decline. Those concerns caught the ear of Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, who on Friday did a restaurant tour in the capital city where he met with MPB's Kobe Vance. In talking with the Restaurant Association, it became obvious that they're really struggling. And people think because we have such horrible water problems that we got right now, that that means that the restaurants aren't open. They are open. Food's great. Uh, people are happy to see you. Not There's no waiting line. <laughs> so um, it's a time for us to go back and remember that they are open and their expenses are ongoing. So we need people to come back out. It's it's a safe venue and they're, they're using bottled water and all that other. So we wanted to make sure everybody knew that, that it was good to come out and they should come out and support your local restaurants. They'll be here. If we allowed them to be here and got by patronizing them, they'll be here after this crisis is over. Um, what are your conversations been like with some owners? Good. They're struggling. You know, the cost of having bottled water is expensive. Uh, the cost of 
just doing business, ice, everything that goes with it. Some of them can't do fountain drinks. Those things are horrific for the for these people. And we've got a huge personal cost with our citizens, and then we've got an economic cost with our restaurants and a lot of other businesses, actually. Another cost to this is not just the business owners, but also the workers who are in these businesses. Yeah. What are your thoughts on people who are having to struggle right now? Yeah, our, our wait staffs, you know, they've cut back on some wait staffs, and others have moved on to other jobs and stuff, and we lose those, and we don't necessarily get them back. So, no, they, they really rely on tips. You know, they get a, a minimum wage from their employer, but they rely on us and the tips that we give them. And, and so you all be generous with your tips when you come out because they're not seeing as many tables. They're not waiting as many tables. And, you know, something that I thought was important, I had each of my children work in a restaurant to wait on tables because you learn so much about people. Now it's time for our people to learn about restaurant workers. Anything else you'd like to share with Mississippians right now, whether it be about restaurants specifically or just to the crisis overall we're facing in Jackson? The crisis in Jackson is dominating everything, and and the splash to other parts of the uh, state is palpable. And I am very concerned about that. Most of Mississippi outside of our Jackson residents, which I'm one, uh, are doing extremely well. I was in Tupelo today. I was in the Delta before uh, this past week uh, in Natchez where they had a new boat christened. All of those towns are growing and prospering and whatnot. But the image that we're getting is the image of Jackson on a national stage. And it is negative right now, and it needs to stop. So the sooner that we can get back to business as, uni- as usual, uh, it's the same thing as it applies to everybody. This is hurting the whole state of Mississippi, not just the Jackson area, the metropolitan area. All of us are getting a reputation based on this. So the quicker we can bring this to a halt, and I appreciate the governor's good work. He's done outstanding. We're back. Water pressure's back. Hope to have the quality back shortly. And we need to keep our restaurants open like we're doing tonight. The first of Hoseman's stops was Johnny T's Bistro and Blues on historic Fair Street. And lawmakers from Jackson showed up to support owner John Tierra. Things have been tough. I mean, not only dealing with the water crisis, but compounded with dealing with the labor shortage, rising food costs, things of that nature. These are tough times for restaurants in the city of Jackson. How are y'all still operating as y'all are, you know, having customers here tonight and trying to serve them without having water that you can trust from the tap, or directly from the tap at least. It requires us to start service hours early just to boil enough water to be able to wash dishes and and things of that nature. So these are tough times, but I'm confident that we'll come out of this situation better than before. Um, We have the utmost respect and confidence in our elected officials. So, you know, things take time and we're patient, but at the same time, what we're doing today and what lieutenant and governor has put together is something that's needed for the city of Jackson to get out, eat local, and support restaurants here in the city of Jackson. What are your thoughts as an owner to see people coming out tonight uh, in, in support of just trying to make sure that local restaurants have the revenue they need to be able to keep continue going through this crisis? Yeah, well, you know, what the lieutenant governor is doing, he's showing by example. You know, this is what the city needs to rally around and collectively come together to do and support local restaurants to make sure that we don't have closures of restaurants here in the city of Jackson. Has it been difficult? I know you mentioned earlier having to boil water. Has it been difficult to do those things to accommodate for the difference 
oh, yeah. with the water. Well, you know, the cost associated with it, I mean, we're spending three to $500 a day on ice, bottled water, soft drinks, club soda, tonic, all those things that typically came off of the gun. So the financial impact is definitely there. It bleeds into your profits a little bit more every day, but it's requiring us to add more labor to each day in order to, to pull off service. So these are challenging times, but... Um, How are your staff doing? Our staff, they, they get a little stressed because, you know, you're, you're dealing with the labor-intensive part of that as well. So it, it is a strain on staff, but we have a great team, and everybody's a team player. So they understand that there, there's an end to this at some point. If you had a message to tell Mississippians um, who have a chance to come to Jackson about why it's important to support restaurants during this time, what would you say? Definitely get out and support your restaurants. You know, your, your major corporate chains are nice, but make sure that you take time out to, to support local restaurants, people that have been here for years and, you know, they support tourism and, and things of that nature. Now's the time to rally around those establishments. A little over a mile away, Manship Woodfire Kitchen co-founder Stephen O'Neill says business was extremely slow last week, but the crowd Friday night showed promise. O'Neill says not only has this period been hard on his bottom line, but it's hurting his staff as well. I'm much more optimistic this evening, and we're super grateful for the lieutenant governor putting together this campaign to help get people out in Jackson. But it's not just about our restaurant or the restaurants that he's visiting tonight. It's about the entire restaurant community in Jackson. We need everybody from the outlying counties and everybody in the city to come out and dine with us. You know, we've been a part of the community. We've been a part of the fabric, you know, before COVID and through all the things. And, and we, it really is a call to action right now for y'all to come back out and support us because we're in dire need. The inflation on our regular cost of goods and our labor compiled with the added cost of bottled water and canned soda and bags of ice to make sure everybody has a safe and pleasurable dining experience while they're with us has really put us in a strain and then you you lower consumer confidence for some of the things that are going you know around on social media that really aren't true we don't have brown water we have clear water like we have good water we're serving bottled product even though we're still under a boil water notice but that's what we want people to know is that it's safe it's clean come out to dine with us keep our jackson restaurants open because we want to be able to to be here you know for the next 10 years what's it been like for the past couple weeks as y'all been under the notice it, it's been extremely difficult so i believe we're about to enter week six of the boil water notice and we've dealt with boil water notices for the decade that we've been in business we're very used to having localized outages because a pipe broke or this or that or the other that creates the boil water notice the system-wide outages are fewer uh, but this has been a system-wide outage and so it does affect everybody and it's been a little bit longer and we're glad that the state and everybody has been able to step in and help the city get the pumps back up and running so that we have pressure we have water it was a, really a perfect storm but yes we're, we're we're glad we have product back in water and we have you know pressure and all the things and i wanted to kind of end this off on talking about you know perception of yes, water and going out to eat right now is it first off the question would be i guess that everybody has is it safe to go out to eat right now and uh, you know drink at restaurants and what are y'all doing to make it safe so we're bringing in individualized product for everybody to consume and then the water that we do have to use for cooking we're 
buying five-gallon buckets of water. We're boiling 130 gallons of water at a time in a, in a during the boil water notice in a tilt skillet. I'll say this. It's safe enough that my entire family is eating with me tonight at the restaurant because if it's safe enough for my family, it's safe enough for yours. How's it been for your employees? Uh, it's extremely difficult. Lower lower traffic means you know less money. It means we have to send people home earlier than we'd like to, or than they're scheduled for, so that we can be open the next day. And so cut hours, you know, it makes it really hard. And in this labor market where everybody's hiring, we are starting to see people say, "Well, I can go work in Madison, or I can go work here, and maybe not have this issue." So it really it's it's vital to our entire community, including our team members, that we have traffic so that we can keep their hours up and keep their pay up and, and not push them out into the outlier areas. Hoseman finished with stops in the Fondren neighborhood and at the district in northeast Jackson. Representatives from the lieutenant governor's office says there are conversations about continued additions of the Jackson restaurant tour. Investigating tests of water treatment is underway. Once that is completed, sample testing can begin. Officials say after two consecutive days of clean water tests, results from 120 sites, the boil water notice can be lowered. That could take several days or weeks to be lifted. Coming up, a new COVID booster serves as a reminder that the coronavirus hasn't gone away. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB. Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. New booster shots have arrived and social distancing guidelines have eased, but COVID-19 infections aren't going away anytime soon. Experts predict the scourge that's already lasted longer than the 1918 flu pandemic will linger far into the future. Vaccines and protections are making the virus easier to live with, including the new booster. Mississippi Medical Association President Dr. John Cross says that booster will provide added protection against Omicron subvariants. It's got the original um, protective mRNA vaccine along with um, a couple of updates uh, to cover the Omicron BA4 and BA5 variants the new strains of variants there in the community. So uh, the idea is to improve the protection uh, for anyone maybe have some waning immunity from a previous infection or from a previous vaccination. Uh, so that will be available uh, soon. But Any you can't other- get it right now. You can't get it? Well, it's authorized, so I guess it's hitting the stores as we speak. So, yeah, I think it's becoming more and more available each day. And so this vaccine that's coming out isn't for people who haven't been vaccinated. It's strictly a booster. Right. Well, so, you know, they did the studies and the testing. So the current guidelines say that if you've never been vaccinated, you know, in the last 18 months to two years, uh, to still use the 
the original vaccine as your primary series. Now, um, I'm not sure why somebody would have gone this long without getting the primary series, but you still get the primary series original. Uh, and then after, um, you know, usually it's after several weeks that you're able to uh, well, actually, I mean, then when you get, become due for a booster, you would take their bivalent booster. I don't know if I made that very clear or not, but um, yeah, so if you've already had been vaccinated and you're time for a booster, then you get the bivalent, uh, the updated booster. So when we're talking about the booster, in the past, it's been, well, did you get Pfizer? Did you get Moderna? And then you would get the booster. I guess that matches that, but you really don't have to. In this case, will there is there a Pfizer and a Moderna for this new COVID-19 vaccine coming out? Uh, yes. I mean, so it's the same thing if you if you started with the, the Pfizer and Moderna, you know, we'd like you to, to, to keep in the same family. It's not something you have to do. Uh, they do have this guideline on the CDC website. Um, but this, you know, new and updated updated version. So um, it will be for someone who's already had the primary series. So I've seen reports that this could last a year. Is that correct? Well, I, you know, it is just authorized on August 31st. So some of that's theoretical. Um, but, you know, we're still trying to figure out how long that uh, immunity it lasts, um, depending so on... Maybe, so maybe, maybe not. Right. So, you know, now we're, you know, the CDC has even come out and said that, you know, previous infection does matter, you know, and so it's been prevalent in the community. You know, we had a spike June, July, August with that Omicron uh, type spike. So many of us have had a previous infection as well as a vaccination. And so uh, that's supposed to help, sure right, that, in terms uh, of um, reducing... Uh, increasing immunity. Right. Okay. Whether for a natural infection or a a vaccination. I was looking uh, at the most recent case numbers for Mississippi between August 30th and September 5th. There's been 5,825 new cases. Yeah, there's still a lot of people who are testing at home and may not report that to the health department. They recommend that you do report that. Uh, but I'm sure people are testing at home and not reporting it. So, yes, I mean, there has been, you know, there's been a, I guess you would say a surge of uh, COVID infection, this Omicron variant, COVID uh, case numbers over the summer. And many folks aren't wearing a mask at all. Well, there's, you know, mixed studies on uh, masking and, and that sort of thing. And you, you can even see the CDC guidelines have changed as far as quarantine uh limits and, uh, you know, what they call calling exposures, uh, all those things that can continue to adapt as more research uh, and data has become available. Is there a concern that there is going to be a surge this fall? Well, I, you know, I don't know that it's much concern. We felt like the Omicron was highly transmissible uh, with more case numbers, but not as severe. You know, we have more tools now than we had, you know, during that uh, Delta surge you know, the last year or so, we had these vaccinations. You know, we have a lot of uh, previous infections in the community. Um, the hospitals are not overwhelmed. Uh, so I don't think there's any, you know, real need for panic or worry over a, a possible surge this winter. 
Now, just like any other, just like the flu that we may talk about later, um, you know, you do have a surge sometimes of respiratory illnesses around January, December, uh, during those winter months when people are closer together. One thing I've noticed about wearing a mask that I haven't had as many sinus infections. So it's proved effective in preventing other infections as well. Well, I mean, and that kind of goes back to basic, you know, contact uh, precautions. You know, if you're having a runny nose and sick and coughing, and you know, it's good to, you know, we, we learned when we were kids to cover our mouths when we sneezed and, you know, wipe our countertops and all sorts of um, surface precautions do help cut down on the spread of uh, whether bacterial or viral infections. Well, let's talk about the flu shot. Uh, okay. I called a local pharmacy. They've got the flu in, the flu shot in, and they're administering the shot so people can get the flu shot. Are you recommending it? Yes. So we always follow the recommendations of an annual flu shot. Um, you know, it's a quadri- quadrivalent vaccine, or it's got four different most common or the four most common strains they predict for the upcoming season. Um, it's for everyone six months and over without other contraindications. Um, you know, it, it's been shown it doesn't keep you from getting the flu, but it does reduce serious illness, hospitalization, death. Uh, all that data has been around for a long time on the flu shot. Um, they try to pick up the most common strains each year to, to build the four different strains into that vaccine. Um, you know, we had a historically low flu season in 2020, 2020 to 2021. You know, some people were isolated, people were in masks, doing all kinds of those different things during the, the COVID pandemic. Uh, it did increase some in 2021, 2022, but overall, um, it's been less severe than previous uh, years in the past. Um, so with the flu, you know, it it's a seasonal um, type thing. It's always hard to predict the timing uh, or the intensity or the severity of the flu season, uh, but it's always good to be vaccinated before that season starts. For the COVID-19 booster and the flu shot, do you recommend children get them? Well, there's different, you know, so let's start flu shots. You know, anyone over six months you know, without other contraindications, you know, chronic medical conditions, that kind of thing, uh, or previous allergy or immune compromise. But, yeah, for, for the most part, everyone over six months, you know, we recommend getting a flu shot. Uh, of course, depending on the type of COVID vaccine, you know, there's different recommendations, different age groups. Uh, you know, Pfizer's cleared for ages 12 and up. Moderna's cleared for ages 18 and up. Uh, and any even you know, there's some you know data on the on the on not the updated vaccine, but the previous vaccine as far as you know children six months and above, uh, as well as pregnant women that sort of thing. So uh, I guess I would say on the on the COVID-19, whether it's the updated or the original vaccination, we just follow those CDC guidelines based on age and other conditions, uh, and talk to your primary care physician about those things. I know uh, generally for the flu, yeah, six months and up. Healthcare workers, they're not required to take the COVID nineteen shot, but are they required to take the flu shot? Well, that depends on the employer. Um, most of the hospitals uh, do have a requirement for the healthcare workers, but I don't think there's anything mandated uh, universally. That's Dr. John Cross. He is president of the Mississippi Medical Association. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.